Before we get going with today's episode, I just want to remind you that we are crazy passionate about helping leaders to get healthy so they can reach sustainable impact. We know this has been a brutal season for leaders, and it is so discouraging when we hear about a leader in the news who has a scandal or a moral failure, something privately that disqualifies them from their public leadership space. And just know this, that breaks our hearts. But secondly, that reminds us why we do what we do. We want to see more leaders get healthy so they can reach sustainable impact, live into how God designed them instead of having some kind of crash or burnout. That is not what we are designed to do. And guys, it is possible to live and lead healthy for the long haul without losing our soul. And I want to remind you guys that you can help us to help more leaders. We want to help more leaders in 2021 receive coaching to help them clarify and experiences to help them replenish. Maybe you yourself want to receive coaching or you want to be part of one of our replenishing experiences, but we need help to be able to scholarship more at-risk leaders. And we just want to say thank you to some of the people that have given toward that. Josh and Jacqueline, Brad and Kelly, Casey and Amy, Ed and Mary Lou, Dave and Debbie, and Dan and Lauren. We say thank you. Thank you for helping us to help more at-risk leaders receive coaching to clarify and experiences to replenish. And if you're interested in coming alongside of us to help build our scholarship fund so we can serve more at-risk leaders, we would love to have you. At as little as 10 bucks a month, you can help us to help more leaders. And we're actually part of an amazing new platform called Storehouse. So think somewhere in between Kickstarter and Patreon for kingdom leaders and creators. You can go to storehouse.world. That's storehouse.world and click on creators. We're the first one that comes up. Also, you can find that link in the show notes. We would love to invite you to give, to help us, to help more leaders clarify through coaching, replenish through experiences so they can get healthy and reach more impact. And now on to today's podcast. Kelsey, welcome to the podcast. It is so nice to be here with you today, Alan. I'm, I'm pumped to join you. Well, uh, congrats on your book in this season. I loved reading it. What they taught me, recognizing the mentors who will take you from dream to done. Uh, I'm curious, how was it? How was writing your first book? Well, as you know, as an author too, I mean, choosing to write a book is like signing up to have homework for two years. Um, And I haven't really been in school in over 10 years. And so um, that was quite a process, but it's one of those things where I, I did enjoy the moment, but I really enjoyed that feeling once you've completed the manuscript of like, I did that. Like, it's kind of like type two fun. They described hiking as type two fun. Type one fun is like there's gratification in the fun moment right there. I think writing is type two fun. Like at the end of a long hike, you feel the gratification of that was a blast, but it was really hard in moments. And I think that's what the writing process has been for me. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. It's, it's, it hurts a little bit the next day and you're like, man, I'm not sure I want to turn right back around and do it, but here we go. It's yeah. It's a, it's a labor of love. It's no joke. The process. I think we met, maybe you were halfway through the process and you were, I think at that moment, just kind of gutting it out. And at the end of it, you go, man, now it can impact people across the world. So I was reading this at a beautiful space in Colorado Springs and you were across the country uh, and so just to hear these stories was, was beautiful. Before we dig in on some of your mentors 
And as we, you know, talk more about the book, tell people about what you do. I failed to give you the right introduction because you do all of the things. So when someone says, Kelsey, what do you do? What do you tell them? Oh, man. Well, you know, I, I too fail to accurately describe myself on most days. I'm kind of a Jill of all trades and I love being a Jill of all trades. I love knowing something about everything and then being willing to share what I know. I don't promise to be an expert always, but share what I know with friends, clients, you name it. If I know it, I'll tell whoever will listen. And so I do like to say I'm a digital marketer by day, a writer by night, because writing is not my full-time thing. Um, But I also love coaching. I love just equipping people with information and strategy that they need to take their brand, their business, their message, whatever they're meant to carry into the world to the next level. And so that's what lights me up. Sometimes that's in done for you services. Sometimes that's in coaching and equipping them with strategy to do it on their own. And that's what, that's what I do each day. Awesome. Awesome. Well, the book, huge focus on mentorship, which I loved. And if you're listening to this and you're, let's say under 40, Right now, you need to pick up this book and you need to actually have a process. How do I recognize, like you talk about, identify, pull the best from mentors in your life? If you're not looking, then you won't find them because I believe they're right around us. And many times we're looking for the perfect mentor. Uh, Spoiler alert, you're not going to find them. And so I loved how you pulled out the different stories from these different ladies that have taught you things. Can you share one of them that really sticks out to our listeners? Uh. Man, well, right now, I think someone that's sticking out to me in in an incredible way is Anne. She was my first career mentor. And, you know, I spend the whole first half of the book or three-fourths of the book just talking about life mentors. I have been tremendously impacted by life mentors who have been willing to share what they know. But Anne was my first career mentor. And I didn't know her previously. I had just attended a workshop she had led like two years prior. So she was kind of, you know, in the background every once in a while, I'd get an email from her, but that's about it. I didn't really know her. I loved the workshop, but she popped into my inbox with an opportunity to join a beta program to work with her. She was, she needed some guinea pigs mm-hmm. um, to run some new strategy by And I am not the person who thinks they're going to win a contest or like, oh, I sign up, I'll be picked. Like, that is not me. I never win, actually. Me either. I I am (laughs) the worst at winning contests. I am like, why? Why don't I get the dream home giveaway? Um, You know, you have those lucky friends. I did not expect to get picked from her beta program. Or let me rewind. I would not normally expect to get picked for a program. But with Anne, I just knew. Like, I was like, this is... I'm going to get this because I I just feel like she's my girl. And I didn't have a career mentor. I was fumbling my way through running my own online business. My friends were treating it like a hobby. They're like, oh, you're a cute fashion blog. And I'm like, I don't do that. That's not my job, actually. And so um, I I wanted someone who got me, who understood, who, who could walk with me through this career space. And it was just 10 steps ahead of me. I didn't expect them to figure it all out. I just needed someone a few steps ahead of me who's, who, who could lean back and say, hey, I have been there. Um, and so I applied for Anne's program. And once I got in there, we, we truly 
connected, but I also reached out and offered to serve her with my skill set. So I said, Hey, look, like one of my sweet spots, is Instagram growth and management. I do that for 30, 40 clients a month. I'd love to just do that for you for free. If I can have a little more access to you, if I can have a little more one-on-one attention from you. And I think that positioning of like, I'm also here to serve you has been a game changer for me yeah. getting the mentorship I, I yeah. want because I'm not just looking to take from someone. I'm looking to give back. And Ann and I have been close for five years now. I just had a big thing come up in my business. Do I meet with her weekly? No, but we're on Voxer. We swap voice memos. So she's almost like a board of advisor to me, board of advisors to me now, I had a huge thing come up in my business that was also affecting my personal well-being. And I was like, hey, what would you say in this situation? How would you have this conversation? Can I forge you my email to review it? You know, and she still to this day is there in the big moments, but also in the in-between moments that aren't so glamorous, that are harder. She has been with me in the mountaintop moments, but also the valley moments when my business disappeared overnight. And I will forever be grateful. Like if there's anything I can say, invite someone in when it's good and easy, when you don't think you need a ton of input, because you'll need them when you, when it's not good and easy. Yeah. Who's, who's your board of advisors? If you're listening, who's the person you can send a voice memo to and say, help, how would you process this? What would you do? Doesn't mean that you need to get coffee. Doesn't mean you need to live in the same city. Doesn't mean they need an hour. Actually, somebody yesterday texted me with the dreaded phrase, Kelsey, can I pick your brain? (laughs) And I'm like, my brain's picked. And so come at it in a different direction. And so really we exchanged two or three texts. I gave him what he needed. It took me probably five minutes and then we didn't have to schedule that and have an hour. And so um, I think there's so much in here that you've been really good at pulling the nuggets of goodness from a lot of people around you in that you say this at the very core of my being is the belief that women are unstoppable when we support one another. Why? Tell me more, Kelsey. Oh, man. You know, I feel like I have been, I'm, I am lucky enough to have found women early on who are not competitive. I've certainly been in circles that are, but I have seen the impact of like when another woman believes in each other in the other and champions one another and believes there's enough room at the table for both of y'all and you don't have to compete. You both go further. You both win. But I mean, rewind 40 years, 40 years ago, there might be one seat at the table for a woman. And if two get there, they're going to like step on each other to outshine one another. And so I think we are slowly undoing that mentality, but there are still spaces that are really competitive that I'm like, oh, wow, that's not your real friend. And I just don't have space in my life for competition amongst my peers or my mentors. And I, I've experienced it, but I quickly... Um, remove myself from those situations because I know that I know that I know that I've seen women being radically generous with with all that they know being willing to invest that into me I get to go further faster but like I can also turn around and give back to them to propel them forward so I learn something that they don't know I can give back to them and we're consistently moving each other forward versus stepping on each other and pushing one back. And so I, I mean, I just feel so grateful 
to have found women who are willing to champion me and then are allow me to invest right back into them and truly create this reciprocal relationship. Because I, I know that's not always the case. I'm not saying I've never experienced that. I've actually experienced that quite frequently. I just say, Oh no, I've, I've seen the possibilities of a reciprocal relationship. I've seen what mutual support and championing can look like, and I'll, I'll never go back. That's good. Why do people avoid mentors or fail to ever find the right mentors? I think people avoid mentors because it's vulnerable to let someone speak into your life. You know, when I, when I have a mentor in my life, I give them permission to speak in, not just when it's sweet and I love you, Kelsey, you're doing great, but like I'm inviting them in to help me grow and up level. And sometimes that means tough love and like, Hey, you could have done that differently. I'll be honest. For those of you who are are hesitant, 75% of the time, it is going to be affirming and sweet. Most people don't want to just correct you all the time. But that 25%, you have to remember that loving, you know, nudge in a different direction or loving critique is there to help you grow and up level, but it is vulnerable. So I think, I think people avoid mentors because of that. I think they also have a hard time finding them because it's uncomfortable to put yourself out there. I I joke all the time that finding a mentor is like the very worst part of dating. You know, I, I dated and I met my husband and I thought I was done. And then I was like, oh, snap, I moved across the country. I've got to meet new friends and new mentors. And this is not fun. Sometimes you go on a date and it's a dud. And I think people don't find them because it's uncomfortable to put themselves out there. Or they've been burnt once. And they're like, no, thank you. I, I'm done. But for me, I, I tell stories in the book where I have been burnt. It's uncomfortable. It's not fun. It hurts. But I promise the reward of connection and someone investing in you and you being able to give back to them is worth the rejection, the ghosting, the disappointments that might happen in your dating to find a mentor journey. <laughs> I got actually, I've been ghosted like the last six weeks by a guy and it's like the like the three reaches out and then I'm like, okay, cool. I get it. Right. I have boundaries. And so I do that. And it's just like, man, if, if you're listening, you don't reach a spot where you don't get ghosted. Like that's just the reality. I mean, maybe like if you're Kanye or something, but like you, you don't <laughs> reach a spot where there aren't people that you're reaching for their time who are super busy and who either just don't want to and won't communicate that or just don't have the time to and don't know how to even get to their emails or they're overwhelmed or I don't know what it is, but I heard this phrase, new levels, new devils a little while ago. And I thought, oh man, like it's so true. If you want to go to that next phase, that means you're going to need to get leaders, like you say, five or 10 steps ahead of you. And they're experiencing new devils in that new level as well that that we can't even identify with. So don't take it personally. I like that part in the book. It's like, here's the reality. It's not easy, but it's worth it is what I heard. What are some misconceptions of mentors? I think that, you know, they will complete you. I think, I mean, obviously, again, we do this with dating, but like, oh, if I just get the pastor's wife to invest in me, oh, I'm I'm in. I am in the in crowd. I'm, I am championed and believed in by the top dog in my circle or the, you know, 
the figurehead of the Young Entrepreneurs Association in your community, whoever that person is that's like the top of the top, I think we always go after that first. And we think that a mentor will like figure out our life answers for us. So I I guess that's really two misconceptions right there. One is your mentor doesn't have to be the top dog. They can just be ordinary and not extraordinary by, you know, outward appearance, but have extraordinary impact on your life. And then two, a mentor having all the answers for you is never going to happen. I mean, for anyone who's married knows their spouse won't complete them. So a mentor surely won't. Um, and, And I think too, you know, finding a mentor is not for the purpose of absolving you of personal agency in your life. Like you still have to harness and take control and make steps towards the life you want, but they're just meant to be a guide, a sounding board to say, Hey, this worked for me. This might help you avoid five years of hardship. Like here's the more efficient route to freedom, fullness, and joy, take it or leave it. And sometimes their advice works. Sometimes it's not the right advice for you. You still have to, to filter what's the best input for me, what aligns with Holy Spirit, my gut, what aligns with what I know I need to do. But I think the idea that they'll solve all your problems or just like help you arrive at your destination overnight would be um, unlikely. And <laughs> I, setting I them up that, to fail. Yeah, setting them up to fail. That's good. Uh, can you share about a hard season in your life? I mean, you've had plenty of successes, just a hard season of life and leadership. How'd you pull through? What'd you do in that moment? What'd you do in that season? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think I'm currently in one and I think too, it it really mirrors a season in my book where I talked about getting to Colorado. I'd run for two years really hard, like 80 hour work weeks, um, and just was burnt out. And I, I got to a similar place of burnout, you know, here I am four years later in another cycle of burnout. And I think that this one was more extreme than that one. Um, You can't control life circumstances that just happen. Sometimes it's not anything you did. It's just life happens. But the sheer force of all the things has left me in a state of I'm tired and I have to take care of myself in the season and I have to set totally new rhythms or I will keep cycling through this even more frequently than four-year cycles. And so I think for me, what I've done in those seasons is invited safe voices in to say, hey, you've certainly navigated this before. You're, you know, 10 years older than me. What did, how, how many times have you navigated this? What have you done? What about when you don't have the energy to work as free, as much or as hard? You still got to put food on the table. How do you do this? How long should I expect this to take? When is it going to end? I have been really grateful to have voices in my life that I could invite in, you know, in this season, you have been so generous to me in, in being a voice in my life. I write about Catherine in the book during a season of extreme burnout. And I, I feel like she was a lifeline for me. You know, I feel like I moved to Colorado to meet Catherine too. Mm. And so I joke about her. I call her the Olivia Pope of our friend group because she fixes all of us Mm -hmm. Um, for any scandal fans out there. Olivia Pope was called the fixer and Catherine Toon truly fixes me and all of my friends. (laughs) Um, But she, um, 
she really just walked with me. I met with her once a week for an entire year. I still go to her to be my sounding board to say, hey, I'm praying through this. You are more in tune with Holy Spirit than anyone I've ever met. Can you help me pray through this? Can you help me decide what's next? Mm. Can you help me feel feel out, is this off or is this aligned? Um, she's just a constant sounding board and helps me come back home to myself. I think I think the best mentors don't give you a blueprint for what they think you need to do, but they help you come home to yourself and what what's a what's a tailored custom blueprint for you. And so I am right in the middle of a hard season and inviting trusted voices in to navigate, you know, what's the next right step. One of my favorite scriptures is your word is the lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And a lamp doesn't always give you, you know, light for a football field ahead or three miles ahead, but it'll give you the next right steps. And I think, I think mentors can do that as well as like, Hey, here's the next step. I'm with mm. you. I'm holding your hand. It's yeah. going to be okay. I know you're scared. I know it looks dark, Yeah, but I'm with you and we'll take the next step together. Yeah. Appreciate your vulnerability, Kelsey, that you're like, this is my moment right here. I'm in. So what are some things you're doing intentionally? What do you anticipate your pathway out is? Yeah, it's been interesting and, and confirming to me, even a conversation with you is really confirming because intuitively what I thought I needed in this season was rest. I've never taken a month off of my work. I, I didn't take a full month off, but I canceled all my calls that month, that month, which is a big form of me being quote unquote on. So I gave myself permission to be off. Still had emails to answer and a few clients to manage. But like, if I wanted to email at midnight, I could, you know, like it was totally a free for all of my schedule. So I, I took all responsibility of being on off my plate. And then I got into my body, which as an Enneagram 7, that's, actually typically the last place I function. I'm all, I'm stuck in my head all day. <laughs> I love to ideate. I love to talk, converse, dream. And dream so your I, way out of it, right? Just yeah, like, dream my way out of it. Be wherever you want to be, Kelsey, in and, your dreams. And even in an, even an aha moment I'm having right now is I have friends who are not sevens and they're like, just simplify, stop strategizing. And I'm like, no, I need to strategize. And that's probably because they're better at being in their body sure. and getting out of their head than I am. And so I um, started walking. I started walking last year during COVID as a way to manage my anxiety. But I mean, I really amplified being in my body in this season. I started doing yoga. I, uh, I've been meditating. I've made room for more time with friends around my table. We've been in a renovation and I found I've really enjoyed that because it's physical. My work is so Mm -hmm. digital. So I've leaned in and then you and I had this call chatting through burnout and, and you were like, so as you tell me what gives you life, it's all being in your body. And all the drains are being in my head because I've lived at a deficit for far too long. Um, I've made no room to be in my body. I didn't work out for five years because I just felt like I don't have time for that. I got to work, you know? And so I think this season has been about getting in tune with what I need. It's not like I have a magic, you know, voice in my head telling me what I need. It's just leaning into, oh, that gives me life and that is soul sucking. (laughs) So eliminate the soul sucking things, add more life giving things. Um, 
and, and making room for that. I mean, I had to have a therapy session about feeling privileged for carving out two hours to do yoga. And I felt guilty. Like most people could never drive 30 minutes, take the class, drive home. I, I feel bad for doing that. And she's like, you cannot feel guilty for caring for your soul. And you will not show up and give the world whatever you're meant to give it if you don't take care of yourself. And so I mean, I've had to really work through prioritizing soul care in this season. But I'm a strategy girl through and through all day long. And this can all sound like fluff, but I promise the fluff matters. Shine, shine. We ain't focused so long.